Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And today we are doing the second part of how to change your spouse, which you might feel a little bit like we pulled one over (laughs) on you because it ended up talking about love. Not exactly how to change your spouse, but definitely how to change your spouse. Right. Just a different approach than you anticipated, perhaps. Yes. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that first before you come here, because it will give you all of that background information where we talked about how it is more about us than we think. Yep. And it's really critical for us to, as we're approaching this topic, to consider first our philosophy and our theory on love. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you have a pretty good idea of that unconditional love, what it is, what it means. And we left you a little bit with, okay, how do I do this though? Because it feels like unconditional love is a license to do whatever you want or permission Mm -hmm. to do whatever you want. So if my spouse is not doing what I want them to, but I just love them unconditionally, how would they ever change? Yeah. Am I not just saying, oh, well, I don't like that, but I sure do just love you so much. So it's fine is the, you know, implication there, right? But that's not healthy either. So we talked about boundaries and what Mm -hmm. boundaries are. Yes. If you have not seen those episodes, there's a ton of them. (laughs) There's a ton of them. And we can continue talking about them and I'm sure we will, but... With this, yes, it's important. And this, again, as we talked about last time, how does God consider our lovableness, right? Right. And I don't know if that's that's not a word, but it is today. Lovableness, I, it lovableness. should be a word. Lovableness. Um, but also, again, how does he do this then? How does he uh, show up? in that loving way. And it is with boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. He has, uh, boundaries. And so as we're looking at how we need to show up in a lovable way, it means, yes, there's that unconditional space where it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you haven't done in your life. You are lovable, Just as you are. And if you're being honest with yourself, it's the acceptance that you've always longed for. Mm -hmm. Always. Because you want to be completely accepted, even with all your stuff. Yes. Don't you? Yes. Just like at your core, just, it would sound so amazing. Total acceptance, complete belonging, despite all your stuff. Yes. And so if you don't believe that yet, work on that. Go to our very first episode 
and listen <laughs> to that yep. and start working on that space. Because when you step into that space, it changes your life it will and change it will everything. change every relationship that you are in. When you believe that, when you feel that and your view of what love is and your theory of love shifts in that way, it then trickles out and goes into every relationship that you have. Yes. So in a nutshell, to summarize, if your theory of change is to coerce or compel or force your partner into doing what you want because you're just so heavy and overbearing, Mm -hmm. might I suggest you take a different approach where you're unconditionally loving, completely accepting, and now it becomes a theory of change where there's encouragement and invitation and enticing, and that's how they will change. If they will change at all and not resent you for it, because maybe they change, it appears like change, but it's more short-term and they're not happy with you. No, we're talking real change here, which, by the way, is God's theory of change, is it not? Right. He's just right. always there, always loving us. And we kind of come in and out of range mm-hmm. of really feeling that. But it's not going anywhere. We're the ones going in and out. Well, we want you to provide that same sort of stability for your spouse. Right. Where they know... There's love and acceptance no matter what I do. However, here's the boundaries part. (laughs) Exactly. First things first, you are loving. Right. And then you're communicating what you need or what you want. And then you're holding boundaries. So that's how. There it is. There it is in the nutshell. And then we'll break all of these things down and give you a lot of different thoughts. But again, just to really like very clearly talk about this, if you are trying to get your spouse to change, if you are trying to make them do something different, different, no matter how that looks, if you're hounding them, if you're giving them the cold shoulder, if any of those things, if you are trying to change someone else, you are manipulating them. That's, that's just it. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how nicely that you coat that or how right. well you, you know, kind of try to finagle that. Right. That's what's happening and people can feel that. Right. There, there is def- and I say this all the time, there is an energy about what you're doing in addition mm-hmm. to just what you're saying. Yes. This is why people can be saying one thing and confused that their partner isn't really believing or... Picking up, responding on what they're saying because their energy Mm -hmm. and their energy's off. And so it's absolutely true. You can tell if somebody really loves you and that's the motivation behind what's happening or something else. Right. And if it's manipulation, you're going to resist. Mm -hmm. Do we not know this to be true? All all these spouses and me included. Right. I'm trying (laughs) to change my spouse for a different reason. Uh Uh-huh. Um, or with a different method, they know. Yeah. And they will resist. Yeah. And. Yeah. What is your motive? What's going on underneath? Connection's the goal here. Yes. Yes. So be so aware and careful. And again, this is not like a zero sum deal. Like this is not a, now I'm manipulating. 
now I'm like perfectly, you know, just going from this loving boundary space, right? This is a, a a spectrum, right? A grayscale spectrum. And you've got, you may be working really hard and you may feel like I have been working really hard to not manipulate and to, you know, come from this great, great space. But as you sit down and uh, really process through how you've been doing it and thinking about it and all that stuff and considering your theory of love and your theory of change. And you might go, Oh my gosh, you know, I think, I think I am a little into that, you know, manipulative space and I didn't realize it. First of all, good for you for being open. Right. Amazing. You know, but, but it's not going to be a, you're totally doing it. You're totally not. So be aware of, okay, where am I on that? Do I have a hint of like, I'm just doing this so that they'll like be different, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and try to minimize that as much as you can. Because again, we can feel that energy that we're giving off to other people. Yep. They can feel that yep. um, in return. So we, what we want to be doing is encouraging, inviting, enticing, right? From that space of love, noticing what, you know, being able to be loving first, as David was saying, and then communicating very clearly our wants and our needs. Which you would think, you know, a lot of times people aren't communicating. They would rather their mind was being read by their spouse, yes, which doesn't work very well. Right. Well, we have that, you know, sort of concept in society, like, they're just on the same page or, you know, you love someone else, you have this like romantic interest and suddenly poof, everything is wonderful (laughs) and goes well for the rest of your life. Right. And kind of is that way when you're dating. (laughs) So I don't know what happens. Maybe it's pheromones or something, but seems like you do a better job dating, but real life will set in. And that's not going to continue. But, you know, I mean, oftentimes when you talk about, okay, what's happening when you're dating, right? You're, you're, you're dumping everything into this one space and there isn't always some of that deeper connection going on. It's like, it is, it's a lot of, a lot of hormones, a lot of like, I'll do whatever because they're so great. Yeah, yeah. And you really are putting your, your best self out there, your I mean, there's a million reasons why, why that. This sounds like something Sherry has thought about before. (laughs) It's something I've talked to clients about before, right? So, I mean, we can talk a lot about that, but I mean, the truth is that isn't always, that's not always a full, real deep relationship, Right. right? So what does it look like when we are actually really loving and communicating, you know, we have to be stating our wants and needs. We have to be aware of that and, and talking about that with each other. And also again, with the holding the boundaries that we have that are not, that we're not being manipulative about that, right? Right. Like I'm telling you my wants and needs, so you better or else, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get you to do the way, be the way that I want you to be. It's a, here's what I want and need. Like, let's talk about this. Let's find common ground. Let's right. uh, go through this. And I love you anyway. Yeah. And, like, and so much matter. of it, so much of it is the approach. Mm-hmm. Gottman talks about a softened startup. Yes. When, when you're approaching the other person 
from a place of love, um, any other interest falls away, right? A need to get even or a need to be right. Um, be right. It, it falls away and they can pick up on that too. And so the communicating clearly becomes, again, by way of invitation, Mm-hmm. It would mean a lot to me if yes. uh, it feels really good when mm-hmm. this is how you're approaching this. Because, again, what's going to motivate them the most, just like God does, love being there, kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. That's the greatest motivation we have. Mm-hmm. You may be surprised to find that doing this more doesn't seem to work for a while. And that's because if you haven't been unconditionally loving or approaching it this way, there's no trust in your motives and in what you're trying to do. So don't be surprised if it takes a while doing this before your spouse kind of starts to respond, Mm -hmm. if they're going to respond, because of course it's still up to them what they're going to do. Yes, they get to decide. But it will feel so much better when you're being loving first. That's the priority. My theory of change is invitation by way of loving this person. Um, They're lovable. They mm-hmm. deserve it, mm-hmm. despite everything they've done. And I'm going to communicate clearly. And it's pretty simple. It's not a long conversation where you're trying to convince them of why it should be the way you say, or they think this way, you think that way. I need them to agree. No, it's a lot simpler than that. So clearly communicating means you keep it really simple, and it's telling them directly. We talk about being firm and assertive and direct. Mm-hmm. It's telling them it means a lot to me when you do this. It makes me feel good when this happens. Um, what I would really like is this. And then you're done. And then you're done. You, you have to know that whatever you're communicating, they've already heard many times before. Yes. That's not the problem is that you haven't told them. There's something else going on. We're just going to take a different approach from a different place. Mm-hmm. and gently invite them, which you kind of see the other side of this is let them know when they're doing something that's working. Let right. them know when they're doing something that is meaningful to you. This is staying on the positive, right? Yeah. Like everything that David is saying is approaching it from the positive angle, not the nag, like you're just yeah. not doing what I want. You're just not enough for me, blah, blah, blah. You know, Less effective. Yes. You're staying in that positive. And so when they do do the thing, you praise that thing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I loved it that you did that. You know, all of those different kinds of things. And that helps stay in the positive. And so that's the communicating clearly part. Right. So tell us then, how does holding boundaries fit into that? When you've communicated clearly and you are being loving, then what? What if they choose not to respond? Right. Which will happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. If they choose not to respond, um, then you communicate that too, where you're sad or disappointed or your feelings are hurt and you need time and space. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, again, about as simple as it needs to be. You right. can when things, and it depends on what we're talking about because it may be something really big and important. Mm -hmm. Um, where a bigger boundary needs to be in place. It could be that they, um, you know, are emotionally abusive or maybe physically or maybe Mm -hmm. they're spending out of control or something. So, you know, this varies. However, uh, the boundary is to let them know that they've crossed whatever line and 
the consequence will be that you'll take time and space or ask them to leave or that you'll choose to leave or, and we have episodes on this too, but once you've communicated clearly, now you see what they're going to do and whatever they choose to do, there will be consequence. And if it's not what you want, the boundary will be you separating in some way, shape or form. Uh, maybe not Even talking. If it's five minutes in the other room. as Right. Yeah. Or actually getting away from them physically. Mm-hmm. But I think it's helpful to say what you're doing. Right. Versus and kind of a, I'm just going to stonewall or silent treatment. And you're not quite sure what's going on because we haven't been communicating very well. Right. And again, this is not a punishing thing. Right. Because if you were punishing them, you've stepped right back into transactional love. Right. Right. That I love you anyway, and this is enough that it is causing me some pain and I need to have a little bit of space just to breathe and yep. think about things and, and whatever. And and here's the beauty. When you keep it simple like that, the target remains on their behavior mm-hmm. that you want different. Right. You want to change. If you make a big deal about this, which happens a lot, guess where the target shifts? It shifts to you and your yeah. overreaction and how unreasonable mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. and, and all of your drama and you blow everything up. Keep it simple and it will stay on the issue. Right. Whatever you've identified and communicated, that's where it will be because you haven't given them kind of ammunition in a sense to use against you. It's right. like, I'm, I'm saddened. I'm, I'm hurt when this happens that mm-hmm. you chose this and I just need some time and space and that's it. And you're done Right. for them to sit and go, okay, well, if they made a big deal about that, I could say you're mean to me or you always are yelling or I, I would have something that I can point out about them. But when it's right. done that way, there's not a lot they right. can do. And sometimes there are some bigger things at play, right? Sometimes there, you might need to have a session with a therapist or have some more detail around like yeah. why something isn't possible for someone to do right now, right. why it might feel really traumatic. You know, I was working with a couple and he was having a lot of trauma around sex um, and initiating sex with his partner because he felt like he was never going to do it well enough. And so this is, it's not as what we typically see with betrayal, trauma and sexual addiction. It was the, the wife that has the higher desire and all of that. And he would rather not deal with it. And as we got into it, we looked at and went, Oh, look, You know, I said, there is a lot of shame around here. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff going on. So, you know, even her bids to say, hey, let's, you know, let's be closer. Let's do all these things. We get down underneath and there was a lot of trauma from past relationships that he had been in. And so sometimes there are bigger things at play. So there can be things that are bigger under the surface if they're wanting to change, if they are wanting to be different or wanting to show up differently for you or for themselves, for the relationship. And there's a struggle there. Right. There might need to be additional work, right? You might need to really start looking at the patterns of the relationship, historical patterns, um, childhood, 
you know, before the two of you, or maybe at the beginning of the two of you. But, you know, if you're noticing a lot of shame, either in yourself or in them, as you're working on change, be aware of that. And that there could be some additional things that you need to talk about. Right. Um, that they might feel like, I just, I can't. I can't seem to show up in the way right. that you want me to. And then that means I'm a bad person. Right. right? So, so be aware really of those good things. Really good point. Because that is definitely something to be aware of as you're working on building the relationship and helping each other show up in in better ways and ways that you want more. Right. Um, we have a few other things we want to point, um, to touch on, look at what you're doing and see if you are giving what you want to receive. And this can be a really tough one. Yes. Because often when we're in a my spouse needs to change mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're, we're I've been also, doing everything. Yeah, <laughs> we're not really in a, what does my spouse want from me and am I giving it mode too? That's kind of right. hard to be both at the same time. It's so super hard. It may sound like a no brainer, but considering what they want, what they've communicated, and maybe if they haven't communicated a lot because they're just always sort of recoiling from whatever is happening, Mm -hmm. take that as an opportunity to sit down and say, hey, I would like to hear more about what you would like in this relationship or how you're feeling. Again, they are worth it. They're deserving. They're lovable. And so might even catch them by surprise a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yes. But give them what they want, and it's a lot easier to receive in return what -hmm. you want. Yes. And I know that's like, of course, but often we lose sight of that and we stop doing it. Yeah. It becomes all about what I want. It's either an of course or it triggers. It can be triggering to feel that way. Like, oh, like, but, but remember, again... We are not in the space of coercion anymore. Right. We've left that theory of change behind. It's too ineffective. Uh Uh-huh. And so we're stepping into the space of encouraging, inviting, enticing, and that showing up in the relationship the way that you would like them to show up is an invitation. Yes. And you will over time see what the result of that is. If someone, uh, if you consistently work to show up in the way that you would like someone else to show up and they choose not to, that's really important information. And there are then good boundaries that are going to be in place. Right. Right. And you will never, ever, ever regret being loving. Yes. I've said this before, but it, it cannot be wasted time when you are showing up in love for someone. It just can't. Right. Because that's what we all need at our core. Mm -hmm. And even if, you know, I really loved this person for a long time and it didn't work out, what a waste. (laughs) No, it may be how they can, going forward, differentiate love from things that are not loving because of what you did. So there's too much here. Uh, Just don't ever regret it. You never will. I hope you don't. Right. There's, There's no reason to. Because anytime that we love, right, we have that spiritual extending. What did you Mm -hmm. just do? If you have spiritually extended yourself, you have expanded. Yeah. 
And so even if someone else isn't able to accept it for whatever reason, and most of the time I think we can tie all of that back into childhood stuff and trauma and yeah. all those kinds of things, right? Yeah. So if if someone else can't accept that and can't be loving in return and show up, that's okay. Yeah. You have still expanded your self. Right. And I think, you know, many of us can speak to that from personal experience. I Definitely. know that I can, that there's never a regret there. So we've talked about doing that and about working and meeting the needs that they have, the wants that they have. Again, if some of those, we, we are talking to a lot of sexual addiction, betrayal, trauma clients in these podcasts, so episodes. So I definitely, you know, want to say meeting someone else's needs cannot come at the expense of your own. Right. Right. So if, you know, to use an extreme example, if their need is to have orgies with 15 people, you're not going to go ahead and meet that need in order to be loving. Okay. You have your own boundaries and you're going to stay with those boundaries. And this is information you're gathering and recognizing, okay, I, this may be a situation where I am going to end up needing to love them from a very far distance instead of up close. Right. Because you would know that that's not a need anyway. That's a want. (laughs) <laughs> Our needs are very simple. It's love and acceptance. Right. And right. we can meet each other's needs. Yes. And maybe that would have been a want that I should have clarified that. I do believe said. sex is a need, but, yeah, you know, when it... But where, yes, where and how and all of those things can, can become wants pretty quickly. But right. again, we are working on communicating and meeting right. each other's wants and needs. So again, if that want is above or beyond the scope of what is acceptable to you as a, as yourself and what you're willing to do and how you're willing to show up in a relationship, then, then that's okay. We're not saying, Hey, chuck that. Right. Cause you need to do this in order to invite them to make changes in the relationship. (laughs) No. Yeah. So final challenge. Um, and maybe this will help. I think it can be really helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. And you may have even heard this before, but it's worth repeating. So something that may help you in this process is to try a one-month challenge where you take all of your frustrations to your higher power, to mm-hmm. God or the Lord, or, or even it can be an empty chair, and that's mm-hmm. okay. For one month, all of your frustrations go there. And you only take your love to your spouse. This means no criticism, no judgment, no negativity as much as you can help it. This doesn't mean you don't hold boundaries. It doesn't mean you don't clearly communicate. We're just getting rid of the criticism, the negativity. Right. Now, I can say from experience that you won't pull this off unless you're actually taking those frustrations somewhere. You might think, I get the idea and just be more loving. I'll be more loving. I got it. No, those frustrations have to go somewhere (laughs) because they're real. Yes. And it'll get in the way of you showing up in love for your partner. So take them somewhere. I don't care if it is to the park on a walk or driving around. 
the seat next to you. It doesn't matter. Take them somewhere until they're gone, until there's right. nothing left. Then come home or open the door, walk out, and only show up in love to your partner and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, we need good data here, so one week is not going to cut it. Two right. weeks isn't going to cut it. <laughs> do your very best to do this for a month. Mm-hmm. If you show up in unloving ways and there's criticism, <laughs> start over. I know, shoot, <laughs> do your very best. But, I mean, you've likely been married or together a long time. What is a couple of months difference going to make? I promise you they still know what you want or what's hard, even if you're not telling them all the time like you have been before. Right. So just try it. This is the experiment that I want to leave you with. Okay. Thank you for joining us for, in quotation marks, how to change your spouse. Yep. And hopefully we've talked through a few uh, things that can help you bring positive change to your relationship and to each other and to yourself. Yes. Glad you joined us. See you later. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.